Hi everyone, I'm Trace, compulsive eater and food addict, um, and very grateful that um, Kristen has asked me to be the speaker today, and I'm feeling a little nervous, um, but I'm sure that will ease as we start. So just so you know that I am truly one of you, I weighed at my biggest, well, I presume it was my biggest, I didn't tend to get on scales all that often at my biggest, um, nearly 130 kilos, which in pounds is nearly 300 pounds. I have since lost almost 50 kilos, which is, I think it's something like 120 pounds. I have had an issue, well, I thought I had an issue with food and weight my entire life. I, I don't remember a time when I wasn't driven by food and then the cycle that then ensues of I'm in the food, now I need to lose the weight. Now I'm in the food, now I need to lose the weight. I don't, I don't remember a time when that wasn't my headspace. Even as a little kid, I was the one that knew where the good party food was at a party. I lingered near the table of food. I never paid attention to other people didn't do that. I don't think other kids counted how many cheesels and chips were on other people's plates, but that's what I did. I, I hid food as a child in my bedroom and I just, I had never really acknowledged the depth of what that addiction and driving me was. So how I came to land here, I had tried everything over my 48 years, dieting, hypnosis, supplements, um, energy work, tapping, you name it, pretty much I've tried it or read about it or looked at it. The one road I never went down was surgery. I knew that if I had gone the surgery route, I would have been the people I knew who lost the weight and then regained it because it wasn't going to change how I ate. And the truth is I always wanted to be thin but still eat the way I wanted and needed to eat. So landing here was because there was no other option for me. I knew I couldn't stay doing what I was doing. I had lost some weight during COVID lockdown and I told myself that I did that in a healthy way because for me it was healthier than the other ways I had done it. But I've never lost weight in a healthy way. I've starved myself and restricted myself and deprived myself until the binge and the disease took hold again. And then I would beat myself up about what a weak person I was. And if I only had a little bit more willpower and if I could only be like other people. So landing here was because there was nowhere else. And I thought it's free other than seven tradition, but I learned that once I got here. Googling online, it was free. It cost me nothing. All I had to do was turn up, find out whatever diet there was, because that's what I figured this program was, 
a diet club with support, but I didn't need the support because, you know, I'm in control and I can get this done all by myself. So I landed here and thought if I turned up to a few meetings, got whatever the potion or pill or whatever it was that they were handing out, I would finally get my food under control, be thin, be happy, and my life would be perfect. When I arrived here, I genuinely thought it's either a cult or these people are truly insane because I heard people talking about spirituality, living lives they never thought were possible, miracles in these rooms. I didn't hear people talking about the food they didn't get to eat anymore and the diet they were on and the how much weight they lost this week and what number they were on the scale. I didn't hear any of that. And I thought, God, this really is the craziest diet I've ever seen. But some of these people genuinely look and sound calm and they're talking about emotions that I just couldn't comprehend, serenity not reacting to life, feeling joy, that I kind of thought, well, if they are insane, maybe I could do with a little bit of that because how I was living was feeling like I couldn't breathe. I described myself that I felt like I was drowning. I was full of rage, resentment, fear. That's what drove my whole life and I thought god even if these people are crazy and it is a cult can't be any worse than what I'm doing right now to myself so I kept coming I kept listening to the people in these rooms that had recovery and I did what they told me to do I feel very grateful for the meetings that I came into OA at. And initially I would say to myself and to my husband, gee, aren't I lucky that I just randomly picked the meetings that I went to? And now I truly acknowledge that was a higher power guiding me to the meetings that I had to be at. And I was at meetings that no matter how much I resisted, they kept reaching out to me. And for that, I am so grateful because I was full of so much self-hatred and rage. I couldn't have done for myself what my higher power and the fellowship of this program did. In these rooms, I found love and friendship that I never, ever thought was possible. And I really just came here to get whatever freaky diet that I would follow for 30 days and go on my way. And instead, I have found a program that all I have to do is turn up, be willing to follow the 12 steps and the guidance of my sponsor and the fellows I know with recovery and stick to a food plan. And that's what I did. And I told my sponsor I was willing to go to any length. The truth was back in the early days, I wasn't. I was only willing to do what I wanted to do. 
So I did those bits. I followed my food plan. I removed all of my red foods and I got abstinent. I did a few of the tools that I was comfortable with. I wasn't going to pray. I wasn't going to journal and I wasn't going to make phone calls. And it's not so much that the phone terrifies me. It's because I believed I had nothing to offer. Who would want to waste their time on me? Because I didn't want to waste my time on me. So I kept coming and I started to feel what I recognize now as recovery. I started using words that I thought were insane when I got here. I used the word miracle and it wasn't God or a higher power on a mountain with white light shining down on me. That's not my story. My miracles were little things in my daily life that changed and I didn't do it myself because I couldn't. I was someone that was so horrible to her husband that I don't know why he put up with it. I would be awful, and I mean God awful to the man then ring him to apologise and my apology would still be awful. I'm ringing to apologise to you for how awful I was, but if you were really willing to be honest with yourself, it's your fault that I was awful to you because this is the list of 20 things I've kept count of that you've done to me. The miracle in my life was the first time I opened my mouth after I was awful in program and just went, oh, my God, I'm so sorry I did that to you. I was out of line. Sorry. And the man looked at me and waited for the rest of the sentence, which would have been, but you're in the wrong. That wasn't there. It was miraculous. It was a change in me that was at my core and I didn't do it because I had spent 15, 17, my husband doesn't listen to the recording of this, 17 years of marriage telling myself before I opened my mouth, be nice. He's ringing to see how you are, just be nice to him. And I couldn't because I couldn't control the disease and the rage and resentment was a huge part of the disease for me. So the miracle in my life is that I can open my mouth and be nice. And it sounds like such a trivial thing. And to people outside these rooms, they would probably think, what kind of person can't be nice? In these rooms, I know there's people that are sitting there right now saying, that's me. Because even though our disease is different for all of us, gee, so much of it is the same. I lived a life that was unmanageable and I didn't recognise it because I was M. A control freak. 
who can not only fix my own life, but if you give me a shot, I'll probably try and fix yours and your best friends and your mum's because I'm that good at control and fixing everything. That's how I lived. I came into these rooms not needing, I thought, the fellowship and what was in these rooms because I'm okay in life. I'm married. I'm a mum. I have friends. I have a family. I'm ticking a lot of boxes in my disease-ridden head. I wasn't living a lovely, nice life, though, and I was doing my life isolated. My life was about the food. Watching a movie with my husband, gee, I hope he goes to bed soon. If he goes to bed soon, I can then eat some more food while he's in bed. Oh, good. Everyone's out of the house today. I can eat how I want to eat. So yes, I was married and in my marriage and living my life, but my inner dialogue was about when could I be alone? Because I couldn't eat how I wanted to eat in front of other people. So arriving here, I was happy to work the program, but I didn't acknowledge the fellowship because I'd done other weight loss things where you sit in meetings and you all whinge about the wrong food you've eaten, you weigh yourselves, and then you go about your day. In these rooms, I found friendships, fellowship, a family in these rooms, and that's a gift I never, ever expected because I believed I didn't need it. Sitting underneath that was the core belief I wasn't worthy of it. And working this program, following the 12 steps to the best of my ability, not perfectly, but to the best of my ability on a daily basis and embracing and being at least willing to embrace what this program has to offer and truly surrendering to a power greater than myself has been miraculous. When I arrived here, I believed in a power greater than myself because some of you who know me know I have a son with multiple disabilities and he genuinely can't be next to his hospital bed with him in a coma and not believe that something greater than yourself can help. Because believe me, if I could have cured any of it myself, I would have. So I'd always believed that there was something greater than me because when they tell you that your son's in a coma, he will probably wake up paralyzed and won't walk. And your son wakes up, gets out of the hospital bed and walks, you know there's something greater than you. I just never thought that that same power cared what I weighed. And now what I know is my higher power or God or for me the universe doesn't care what the number is on the scale and I'm happy to say I don't care anymore either. But what my higher power cares about is that I am emotionally, physically and spiritually well. And that's 
the biggest gift of this program, that there is a power greater than me that now has control. And I get to sit back and surrender and find joy in the moments. And that's what this program has given me. It has given me joy in my life beyond what I ever thought was possible. And with that, I'm going to close with my absolute favourite, favourite line in the, book, in the big book. It's from There is a Solution on page 25. We have found much of heaven and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence of which we had not even dreamed. And with that, thank you for letting me share.